Some said it would never happen. Some said I wouldn't live to see it. I didn't disagree. However, it's here. Episode 100 of the Real Life Caddy Podcast. It's a landmark. It's a milestone. It's a miracle. It's potentially the greatest caddy achievement of all time. Too much? I don't care. Most podcasts don't get past episode 10, so this has been a monumental achievement. To celebrate reaching the 100th episode of the podcast, we decided to do something a little different. This episode is a fantastic selection of caddy and golf stories from listeners to the podcast. We asked you for your best stories, and you delivered. Highlights include ruptured testicles, one caddy shitting himself, and ladyboys in Bangkok. If you have any questions or comments, please send them in on social media or via email, podcast at glorifiedonkey.com. I really enjoyed putting this episode together, and I hope that you equally enjoy listening. Hi, this is a Real Life Carry podcast. Sorry we can't take your call right now, but please leave your name and a great story after the beep. Hey, Big G. Steve Hawker, caddy, also known as VP at The Rock. Been caddying for about seven, eight years now. And uh, I've got a pretty good story for you for when I first started caddying on how I got my nickname. I was walked out to the range with my caddy master, Carl, at the time. And he looks at me and says, hey, you're going you're gonna to carry Dan Quayle's bag today. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And so I go up to Dan, introduce myself. Hey, Dan, I'm Steve. He's hosting these Irish guys, and I don't think anything of it. They're all calling him, you know, Veep, VP. And I'm calling him Dan pretty aggressively throughout the whole day. Early in the round, especially, he's, you know, leaving tap-in putts short. I'm really getting on his case. and You know, come on, Dan, stop stop deselling the blade. You got to, you know, accelerate through your putts so you make these tap-ins. You don't look like a, like a joke out here. These guys are laughing at me. And then on uh, about we're eight holes in, it's par five. He lays one up, and the one Irish guy says to him, VP, that was a great shot. I take off walking with the bags, and I'm like, Dan, come here. I got to ask you a quick question. He goes, yeah, what's that, Steve? And I said, why the, why the hell do these guys keep calling you VP? Uh, you know, and he was, he was actually really nice about it. He goes, oh, well, you know, uh, I was the vice president. I was like, of what? And, uh, you know, he... <laughs> He stops walking and he lowers his sunglasses like of the United States of America, son. And I was like, oh, shit. I mean, I was beyond embarrassed. One of the Irish guys is on the ground rolling around laughing. Can't believe this caddy doesn't know who he's caddying for. Uh, and, uh, you know, he goes on the back nine. I've helped him pretty good with his putting and starting to make a bunch of putts. And at the end of the round, he says to me, he goes, you know, Steve, you should probably get a, a jumper that says VP. So. I got a jumper that says VP. I've been VP ever since. And, uh, you know, every time I see Dan, he calls me VP and I, I call him Dan. There's my claim to fame. VP of what? Uh, I hope to uh, hope to catch up with you soon. Gordo, uh, I love the podcast and uh, hope all's well. Hello, Tim O'Neill here, a uh, professional golfer. And uh, this little story, what happened to a little friend of mine's caddy. 
uh, when I was down in Thailand in 2009. So basically, 2009, go to Thailand for uh, Asian tour school. Anyone that's ever been to uh, Thailand would know there's these uh, Thai people that they uh, they have uh, they call them lady boys. They they look they look like ladies, um, and you you literally can't tell if uh, if it's a man or a woman. So anyway, I didn't know this is my first time in Thailand. So we're down there um, just hanging out, and then so. The second practice round, uh, I was supposed to play with a buddy of mine, and his caddy didn't show up. And I was like, where's your caddy? He was like, oh, he had a situation last night. And I was like, what kind of situation? So then he goes on, and he's telling me. He's like, yeah, um, yeah, my caddy went out and went went to a club and uh, picked up this uh, girl and, you know, go back to the room. And, uh, you know, they get to doing stuff. And, and I don't know if anyone's ever seen Hangover 2. But uh, it was a situation where um, he had the same thing that he had. <laughs> I was like, I was like, first of all, I was like, if that would have happened to me, no one would know about it. <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, yeah. And he was a little freaked out. And I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. I was like, he didn't know about that? He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, there's no way if that has ever happened to me, I would be the only one to know about it. For the rest of my life. So yeah, so that was like we laughed about that for like three or four holes. And then when I saw his caddy, like every everyone knew at this point. So yeah, he was he laughed about it eventually. But it was like, man, like <laughs> you know, he didn't go into detail, but I was like, you know, he was kissing on this dude and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my god, I couldn't even look at him to say. <laughs> So watch out when you go to Thailand because anyone that's ever seen Hangover 2, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But you cannot tell at all. They look just like ladies. <laughs> so so that's that's a story that uh, I won't name the caddy. I think I forgot his name anyway. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Matty D. And uh, I'm here to tell you one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the golf course. The funniest thing I've ever seen on the golf course, I believe, is when I, my player peed all over his own face, head and face. Um, and it's not one of those on purpose things either. It was on the golf course. So let me just set the scene for you guys. I'm working for this father and son, and we get to this uh, elevated par three out there. It's about 100 yards. It's a windy day, one of those howling wind days straight at us. It's a good four to five clubs. One of those nasty days out there. Anyways, the dad shows up to the tee kind of grimacing and says, I got to pee real bad. So he points to the cliff behind us, and he says, uh, I'm just going to go over there and pee. And his son and I kind of giggle, and he, yeah, at least pee downwind, Dad. Ha, ha, ha. So he goes back there to pee and do his thing off the cliff. Meanwhile, his son and I are just discussing what shot we're going to hit into this madness of a wind we're facing, right? And then all of a sudden, I hear this, no, oh, God, oh, no, fuck, oh, no. And I look back, and Dad is shuffling and hopping back and forth, scurrying around like a crab in a mad attempt to avoid his own piss, right? He's not. It's seemingly all his pee is coming right back at him. And it's, it's not like blowing into his pant leg either. It, it's raining down on the guy. And even though the wind is his back, it's some, some crazy wind from below is blowing every drop that he sent over that cliff right back at his head. He's still peeing too, and he can't stop, right? So he has to finish, and he can't turn around because of all the wind at his back. And I'm telling you, no pee landed anywhere that day on earth but him. It was in his hair. 
it was in his ears, his face, it was in his glasses, all over his shoulder, his arms, his, his elbows had it. It was in his collar where you would normally sweat into the air. It was just everywhere. Awful. At this point, his son and I are almost pissing ourselves, trying not to point and laugh, right? Because someone's going through that thing. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to laugh or what, but it's funny as hell. And he starts to giggle and we just lose it. And we can't stop laughing. It was so funny. And it's dripping from everything. It's off. It's the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Then all of a sudden, things got real serious for me. When he, when he grabbed my towel and cleaned himself off with it, I mean, he dried his face and his ears and his glasses and everything else. <laughs> and then he tried to give me that towel back, covered in pee and shame. That's your towel forever, he was notified. Uh, his son and I then laughed for about three or four more holes straight. We couldn't, I couldn't caddy. His son couldn't golf. We couldn't get anything done. We were just laughing. Till dad kind of, dad was over it, over the joke. And he told us so. And he told us to stop because it wasn't funny anymore. And of course, I stopped because he, he, I was reprimanding. Anyways, his son then pointed out to dad that his glasses still had a P mark on them. <laughs> and that was it for us. We laughed then on the rest of the day. And it's been you. We've been friends and clients uh, ever since. And we've never stopped laughing. So uh, good times, Frank. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. And uh, thanks, you boys. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Big G, Zabo. Thanks for having me on again little quick uh, story to add to the 100th episode. Congrats on that, guys. I'm a new caddy out at Whisper Rock in Scottsdale. This is my about, like, six loop out. Our caddy master brings me out onto the range to caddy for this guy, a member called uh, Andy, and he's got a couple of guests out. They're all pretty decent players. Round's going pretty smoothly. Guys are doing okay. Just doing my best to help out with yardages and everything. Little swing tips here and there. We get the whole five. It's a Long two-shot par five. Andrew, Andy, he has a, uh, a downhill lie going to uh, an uphill approach. And I just give him that quick reminder. Say, hey, match your shoulders to do the slope to help with uh, your swing path and everything. He says, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Round goes out, having a good time. I go back and look him up later because he's a good player. And I find out that, that Andy, Andrew McGee, is that, that guy that got the home one on the par four at TPC Scottsdale. 20-year uh, career, six wins. So, yeah, just giving tips to someone that already knows what the hell they're doing. Welcome to Caddy Life. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to hearing all the rest of your stories. Good luck with the rest of the season. Hope to see you guys soon. Hello, everybody. This is Cam Hansen. Oh, I've been a caddy at Pebble Beach for a long time, and it all kind of blends into one year. But So my story stems back to the year Tiger was playing at Cordoval, and somebody threw a hot dog at him on the green that weird year where all those things were strange. And this story for me is kind of like my rock bottom. So they had a Monday event before that tournament across the highway at a place called the Institute. Tiger's supposed to play in this thing. All the pros are there, and Tiger's late. He doesn't show up. Everybody else plays this Monday thing that where like the grand prize was like a flat-screen TV. And Tiger shows up as everybody's getting done. And he's getting ready to tee off on 10. We're all finished, and I'm running down to my truck, which is also on the side of 10. They put the caddy parking on the side of 10 fairway. And it's been a long day. I'm a little hungover, and they have left us as much pizza as we can eat. And I don't know if you know about caddies and pizza, but if it's free, fuck it. You know, you're just going to just start shoving it in your face. So 
I just start shoving it in my face. I'm hungover. I'm not feeling good. I've just ran around the institute. I'm like, oh, God, I've got caddy jumpsuit on. I got pants on. I got underwear on. I got everything. I'm sweating, eating all this pizza, bloated. I feel crappy. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to poop. So this is not good. It's a brand new porta potty staring at me right next to my truck on the side of the tent. Brand new. Never been used by anybody. But the weirdo in me has to start wrapping the toilet. And so I started wrapping, mummy wrapping this thing. Even though it's a brand new porta potty, I can't get over the festival porta potties that I've always seen in my life, haunting my everything. And I'm putting it around the thing and I sneeze and I just blow out through the underwear, through the pants, to the white caddy jumpsuit. It's just awful. It's like the worst moment of my entire life. And I'm just like, this did not just happen. I can't believe this. This is rock bottom for me. I'm never touching alcohol again. I'm never drinking. Not going to happen. I waddle over to my truck, which is backed in right up on the side of 10 fairway. I'm taking off the caddy jumpsuit, peeling these things. I have a towel, wipe the caddy towel and the suit, everything, wrap the towel around my waist so that I'm not like naked to the world. And here comes fucking Tiger, his caddy at the time, Sean Foley, all these people are walking towards me because Tiger's hit one on this weird little tent hole at the Institute on the left side of the fairway. I'm by myself in a towel, put my t-shirt on, towel on. They walk by and as they're walking up to me, the only thing that comes out of my mouth is, I just shit my pants. The only re- I just had to explain why I was standing there in a towel. Nobody said a word to me. They all walked past me, continued on. I got in my truck and drove away as fast as I could. And um, yeah. I appreciate um, 100 caddy episodes, so uh, thank you very much. Hello, boys. How's it going? Kip calling in here from the great upper peninsula of Michigan. I thought I'd share one of my great caddy stories with you fellas. There's one day I was working at the Wee Course, and I had this gentleman. We're standing on two fairway, and he's got a scorecard but he's missing a pencil. He goes, Justin, Justin, he goes, I need to keep the score. I mean, we got a big match going here. He goes, you got a pencil on me. So I, I dig in my bib and I just grab him any old pencil that's inside my bib. He takes the pencil and he starts writing down the scores and he goes, this is not going to work. I'm like, what, what will not work? He goes, the lead on the pencil is too soft. I can't work with lead like this. I said, well, what, what would you like me to do? He goes, I need a different pencil. I'm like, I mean, I was like, I don't have another pencil. You, I was like, you want me to transcribe this in blood? I was like, you're going to have to work with what you got. So on that note, some players are a little needier than others. Enjoy your day, fellas. What up? What up? This is Turf Hobson from Crockett, Texas. My funniest caddy story has to be when um, my good friend and I, Will Oakham V, we drove down from Crockett, Texas to Houston, Texas for a U.S. Junior Amateur Qualifier. Now, I had never caddied before in my life. He asked me to caddy. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I'm like, oh, I'm caddying. Can't be that big of a deal. So after almost having a wreck on the freeway, we get to the, we get to the course, and uh, we got a 36-hole day ahead of us. And, you know, we're warming up and everything, and it's all good. And we get to the first tee. We, my boy hits one down the middle, and we're off to the races. We get to the first green. He had missed the green just short. He's like, give me my 56 degree. I'm like, okay. And I go to 
go to get the 56 degree out and there are no wedges in the golf bag i have left all his wedges on the chipping green i'm thinking oh my god my first ever caddy experience i i'm i'm already messing up i mean i didn't i didn't waste much time but i'm already messing up and i'm i'm freaking out he's like don't worry about it you know i'm not gonna miss any greens like we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna win this thing i'm like okay i love the confidence but anyway we he gets up and down the first hole we putts it and we find a rules official and they say you know what uh, let me go check on that i'm not sure what the rule is but let me go let me go see i might be able to bring it back to you so we play a couple more holes he didn't miss the green he was i think he was maybe one under through three and um here comes the rules official with all three wedges in his hand and no stroke penalty and 33 holes later we finished second place and we qualified for the u.s junior am in south carolina so i got very lucky but that was the most stressful funniest caddy story i think i've got to this day thanks boys enjoy it Gordy, zabo hope you boys are well just checking in for the 100th episode uh, I was asking myself recently why my golf game isn't as good as it should be. You know, when you spend weeks and weeks at the golf course as a kid. It was definitely caddying though. That's what killed uh, any chance I had at turning a pro. you remember this one, Gordy. Remember I had to play against Big Graham Percival. Uh, it was in the school shield. Um, I got the tee time booked but midday, so time for an early loop, which we uh, which we completed just before I had to literally sprint up the car park um, to make to make the tee off time with uh, with Graham waiting there. To be fair, my mind was already gone because um, you got a second loop, um, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm missing out in cash here. I've got going to go and uh, hack it round the arm course uh, one more time. And the thing about that course is there was just so much course; it was literally everywhere. So for me, being a little bit wild, it was an absolute nightmare. So the first, yeah, as we par three, so. I Get the seven iron out, swing it, you know, swung it so hard, I almost swung myself off my feet, duffed it, and it went straight into the gorse, probably about 20 yards in front of the tee. So yeah, play provisional, exact same thing. So I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Walked over, didn't find either, so let's go one down onto the second tee. To be fair, we're starting to uh, calm down a little bit. You know, the old heart rate was coming down. Um, So yeah, tell yourself, block out the last hole, here we go. This is where it all starts. So it's a big Graham, pulls out the driver, strikes one straight down the middle. So I teed one up and oh my slice, this thing went so far right, it was in a different county. Over the gorse, over the road, over the trees, over the other side of the road, it was it was a shocker. Put the provisional down and boom, duck hook into the gorse. And for some strange reason, I'm like, I'm getting a shot, so let's go five off the tee. Uh, and I did actually manage to get it advanced up the fairway. However, got the three wood out and boom, snap hook into the gorse again. So onto the third tee and, and literally minutes two down. Remember losing another two on that par three? So I knifed them over the green, uh, out of bounds, over the road. So that was another two gone and three down on the fourth tee. At this point, I'm just not really wanting to be there. But to be fair, I thought let's have a wee bit of a mental reset. Deep breaths and uh, keep the, the driver in the bag. So I went with the three wood and boom, I did hit the fairway. Unfortunately, it went about 150 yards straight up in the air and it left a, a wicked uh, sky mark on uh, my three wood. I had a quick look at Graham and he's, <laughs> he's uh, I think he's, he doesn't know whether to, to laugh or to cry or look the other way. He's, just, he's got no idea what's going on, to be fair. Kind of lost it from there, swiped at it twice and 
I think they both they both went right um, into the gorse. After that, to be honest, it's a total blur. Um, I just know that I lost another four or five, uh, which meant that I actually was out of golf balls by the seventh. Seven down, played seven, and uh, you know that that was that was it. <laughs> went over, went over to shake his uh, his hand. He did offer me a couple of balls, but to be fair, it only last uh, a couple of a couple of shots really. Um, I didn't want to start doing that to him. So, so yeah, walked in seven down after seven and, and thirteen balls, um, thirteen fourteen balls later. Good news was that uh, yeah, it would have been out for only it was less. It wasn't even an hour, so I got another loop. Uh, so I didn't miss out on the cash. Happy days. Although uh, I do remember walking up six and uh, you were just uh, making your way down 17 and uh, you gave me the Vickies, which was nice of you and a big smile. So yeah, that was a little bit soul destroying. However, uh, at least uh, at least I still made a bit, of, a bit of cash in the afternoon. And I guess that's really why I'm not on tour and uh, have a bad back and get sore feet. So, so there you go. Anyway, listen, thanks boys. Congratulations on the uh, the 100th episode. And yeah, looking forward to, to many more. Gee, what's going on? Sabo here. Hey, I got a real good one for you. I don't think I've ever told this one on the podcast, but this happened a few years back. I had this, this father and son from New Jersey, this guy by the name of David and his son was Sean. And these guys were just legend. They, they were having a good time, drinking every day. Wife Anita was out with them, and they just uh, the the dad he it was his dream to bring his son to Pebble Beach. His son was probably thirty five years old, and they played the gamut of courses. Dad was always shooting around eighty two, eighty three. Son was a pretty good player; he could get around. He's probably mid seventies. I think he shot like a seventy three one day. But anyway, so the last day, the dad's so the dad's dream is to break eighty. Guy's never broken eighty his whole life. He's he's at the big course his last day. Gets off to a real hot spot start. He's like two or three over to the first uh, eight holes. Bogey's nine, so he's just 39 on the front. He's got it going on the back, and I'm like, all right, this guy's going to do it. He's having a good time. He's going to do it. And we're on uh, on 15T, stripes one, puts one on the green. He's got about 15 feet. And at this point, his wife's walking along with us. So he's, I think, going into, into 15, he's probably five over. So he's got a pretty good chance at breaking 80. And he's on the fifth tee, and I give him, or 15th green. I'm giving him the read. He's about 15 feet. Like, that's just a little outside right. He gets up to hit the button. He's about to bring it back, and he starts jumping up. He's like, oh, oh. He goes, I got stung. I got stung. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? He got stung by a bee. And his wife looks at him, and she looks like just mortified. She goes, you're stung. You're stung. Oh, my God, you're stung. And he's like, oh, I'm allergic. I'm allergic to bees. I'm allergic to bees. And he starts, like, hyperventilating. I'm like, oh, my God. And his son is just rolling his eyes at the time. So they call an ambulance because he's like, I'm, I'm going to swell up. I don't have my EpiPen. What's going to happen? They call an ambulance. They meet us down. His, the son's like, he's not allergic. He got stung when he was like three years old. He doesn't even doesn't even remember. So the ambulance meets us down on the 16th. He's like, I, I'm done. I can't play. The ambulance meets us after the 16th hole. We cart him down there. He gets in. And the son doesn't stop playing because he's like, he's not allergic at all. He's fine. The guy's sitting in the ambulance, huffing oxygen. They're giving him oxygen, and the paramedics are like, yeah, it doesn't look like you have anaphylactic shock or anything. It looks like you're pretty fine. And the dad doesn't finish out the round because he thought he was allergic to, to bee stings. It was absolutely epic, and to date, I think, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
My name is Rick from L.A. To set the scene, this is Vegas, early 2009, months before the Hangover movie came out. We were going out to Vegas, so I'd, I'd caddy for one of my buddies. There was a, about four or five of us. Flew on Monday, where the plan was to come back Tuesday night after the tournament. Um, we're staying at the Villas of the Mirage, but I remember we were gambling at the Wynn. We are at the tables, having a great time, drinking shots, headbutting. I just remember it being a lot of fun, and um, next thing I know... I wake up on a hospital gurney, stare at the bright lights. I've got an IV in my left and right arm, a uh, hospital bracelet on, and I look down, I've got blood all down the front of my shirt. I remember I pulled the IV out of the left arm and pulled the IV from the bag on the right for whatever reason. I get up, walk right past security, catch a cab out the front door, and uh, start heading back to the Mirage. Well, I looked at my watch, and it said 10 o'clock, and it was dark out. Shit, this can't be good. So I asked the cabbie what day it is, and he said, it's Wednesday. And I'm like, fuck, my wife is going to kill me. And where are my buddies? They just left me here. Uh, there's no visitors. Uh, so anyway, I've got all these questions running through. I, I look at my phone. I've got a few, about three messages from the guy I was gambling with. And uh, it's like, where's my wingman? You just left me here. Where'd you go? Can't believe you did this. By the time I listen to all these, I, we're at the Mirage I get out, and I'm still a little bit confused, and I can't find the villas back where we're staying in the back of the hotel. And so I go to the um, reception area in front, and I ask the lady to if someone could help me find the room. And she said, absolutely. And she looks at me, and remember, I stink, got blood on my shirt, hospital van. Two guys uh, come help me out the front door of the hotel and said, you know, basically, get out of here. You don't belong here. I said, no, I do. I have a key. Here's the guy I'm staying with. Um, they checked me out. It all checked out. They take me back to the room. They said, if your buddy's not here, you've got to leave the hotel. I said, okay. I said, I'm screwed. There's key's not even going to work. And when we get to the room, and the key works. And they come in, and my buddy's, I remember him lying on the bed naked. He looks up and he goes, what the fuck happened to you? And I go, well, how'd you play in the tournament? What? <laughs> sorry i missed it he goes what do you mean i go it's wednesday he goes it is and th then the security leaves my buddy picks up the phone calls the front desk and asks them you know i'm sure you get this a lot but what day is it uh turns out it was tuesday morning like 5 15 so i was still good but the caddy to cabbie totally fucked me so anyway we get a call from our other buddy saying to get over there we want to figure out what happened last night um he orders a big spread of food you know we got all this breakfast we sit around and um no one can remember what the hell happened last night one of my buddies said i'll call the pit boss you know the guy i was gambling with calls the pit boss turns out to be a great idea the pit boss knew a lot he said you two are out of control he said i can't believe you you were lifting the table while he was passed out on it you're headbutting after a while you're screaming at your buddy to get up and finally he gets up says he has to go to the bathroom walks down the hall knocks 10 people over Falls on the ground. We called an ambulance and said that we called an ambulance and, and we're taking your buddy to the hospital. And you said, great, he's better off there. And you kept going. My buddy goes, well, wait a second. How many shots did we have? He goes, sir, you each had 13 shots of vodka in about an hour. And my buddy said, well, shouldn't the wind be culpable for some of this? He said, sir, have you ever taken no for an answer? Eh, good point. He goes, well, how'd I do? I broke even, right? 
No, you didn't. He goes, you won. You won $80,000 in cash. We put it in a satchel. You left it on the chair and walked out the front of the hotel to catch your car. I have it here for you. You can pick it up anytime. So then he said, uh, by the way, the ambulance called and said your buddy was puking all over. He stunk. Um, they were they were real like pissed. They do a thorough cleaning of the whole ambulance, which explains the blood down the front of my shirt. Turns out I had medium rare steak. If you remember, the reason I got up was to go to the bathroom, but I never made it. So the reason I smelled so bad is that I shit my pants. Mystery solved. Cleaned up, went out, caddied for my buddy, and we had a great day. Hey, this is Snake. I'm down with uh, playing with some buddies of mine in Pinehurst, and uh, we're having a great day. And I got a great caddy, and uh, we're getting along well. And we're walking down Nine Fairway, and uh, just chewing the shit. And then next thing you know, we look down, and there's a fucking iron cover in the middle of the fairway. And my caddy looks at me and says, "Should we pick it up?" And I literally say, "Absolutely fucking not!" And we keel over dying laughing and carry on someone that uses iron covers doesn't deserve to be playing at pine horse or to have a fucking caddy to be honest anyway have a great day boys hey boys what's happening congrats on your 100th episode stoked to be part of it my name's justin listen to you guys for a long time yeah got a quick story on a my wonderful experience with a, a caddy for the first time this happened about Ooh, close to 10 years ago, we had a caddy that will remain nameless. We get to the first tee, taking off all the head covers on uh, our clubs. And I had one request. I was like, hey, I don't care about any club in my bag. Just leave the head cover on the Scotty. I have a circle tee, collect Scotties. Just please. And the guy kind of looked at me and rolled his eyes and probably was thinking, F you. That's my only request. All good. We're playing. Golf was it was fine. It was early morning, Saturday morning. Keep going. Everything's all good. Get through uh, the seventh hole. Caddy was fine. We finished seven. My brother and I, who are both very average golfers, um, I believe we were each one or two over having a pretty good round for our games. And then the caddy looks at us and goes, are you guys ready to play real golf now? And we're like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, if you're not under par at this point, you're not playing good golf. And we kind of were like, what? what a dick. Why would you say that? He goes, those are the seven easiest holes. Now we're going to start playing golf. Really wasn't needed, but whatever. So I don't re recall exactly which hole it was, but he's down the fairway walking and I look up and there is the Scotty uncovered bouncing in my bag. He hands it to me to putt at whatever green it was. And there's a perfect ding right in the top. That putter is now worth a lot less than it should be. And uh, I'll just leave it at that and make that uh, story pretty short. And congrats, guys. Thank you. Bye. Hey, guys. This is uh, Patrick. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I just wanted to share this uh, kind of ridiculous story with the, uh, the podcast. Um, so I was 19. I was home from college for the summer, staying with my parents. A couple of buddies and I went to go play a quick nine. Seventh tee box, uh, my friend Chad, being the jokester that he is, tried to come up and basically hit me in the ass with his driver. He didn't hit me hard, but he uh, kind of missed and came up and got me in the boys. We all know how that feels. I took a quick knee, felt better, got up, probably hit one of the best drives of my life to this day, uh, even, you know, 20 some years later. 
But as I'm walking down on my ball, I basically started to feel uh, kind of that tunnel vision and nauseated. Took a few practice swings. I'm like, I'm done. Guys, you finish up. I flagged down a cart guy, took him back to the car. I drove these guys. So I sit down in the car, wait for these guys, felt better. Um, and I'm like, all right, great. All good. So they show up, driving them home. We're making plans for that night. Get home after dropping them off. Get out of the car. Same exact horrible feeling again. Like tunnel vision. I feel like I'm going to black out. I walk in the back door of the garage and my mom is standing there. You know, I was living with them for the summer. And she looks at me and goes, Patrick, you look like you've seen a ghost. What is wrong? I'm like, mom, just I, I got to check something out. So there's a bathroom just to the left. So I pop in the bathroom, drop trowel. And swear to God, my nutsack is probably the size of a basketball. So I freak the F out. I come out of the bathroom. I'm like, mom, we got to go to the ER. My mom's a nurse. And so she's like, Patrick, what is wrong? Let me see. I'm like, mom, no, that's, that's not happening. Finally, she convinces me. I'm like, all right, mom. So I show her and I'm thinking this is going to be a calming influence. Not so much. My mom freaks out as well. So. We go to the ER, the doc basically walks in, having not seen me yet, looked at my chart and he's like, ah, it's fine. We'll put some ice on it and you'll, you'll be good. Pulls sheet back, takes a look and he's like, uh, we need a urologist. So for the lay people out there, urologist, basically a dick and balls expert. <laughs> so, uh, essentially I go to get a test and the test was concerning, so I got rushed immediately to surgery. They basically found that the club had broken a blood vessel and I bled into, into the boys. Thankfully, everything was okay. Uh, the doc was able to save everything, but it was an absolute nightmare. So fast forward a couple months later, um, I swam in college, so I'm back at school, and you know these were the days of the Speedos. Well, they couldn't get all the blood out, uh, during the initial operations. So what can happen is the blood can basically turn into a calcified ball. So it basically looked like I had a third testicle, which was <laughs> as a 19 year old guy, not okay. So I went home uh, for Christmas and I went back to the original urologist and I'm like, dude, this is not okay. We need to fix this. So he goes back, basically removes that area, which went fine. But me being young and stupid, I wanted to get back to swimming. I got back too soon. So at the time, I remember I was back at school at this point and I felt horrendous, febrile, like shaking chills, didn't feel well, everything hurt. And so I called my swim coach and I told him, listen, you got to take me to the ER. So we go to the ER uh, and this was in Cincinnati at the time. And I go in and basically everything had basically turned into a bad infection. Um, so I ended up having to go back to surgery again the third time to drain this infection. And uh, thankfully, everything ended up being okay at the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, um, be careful golfing out there, guys. Don't swing your clubs at your friends. Bad things can happen. Guys, uh, Big G, I appreciate the opportunity to tell the story. I love the podcast. Thank you so much. All right, boys, it's Big G talking to myself again strange but not the first time i've had a good think of what my story would be and i finally chose this one it's circa 2009 2010 and i'm with my pal craney and we're caddying at the french open we both get late call-ups and it's at that uh, golf national in versailles 
So we turn up on the Tuesday, we go straight to the golf course, and we have nowhere to stay. So my older brother gets the room in Paris. We're on the train late night or late evening to try and get into Paris. And we're kind of arguing. And this random girl starts talking to us, asking us if we're from Ireland. We say, no, we're from Scotland. She says, what are you doing here? We say, we're here caddying at the golf tournament. And we ask her where she's from. She says, I'm from Versailles. And we said, oh, you got a spare room for the night. Jokingly, we've just met this girl. She says, yeah, sure, you can stay with us. And it turns out she'd been a student in Ireland. So she was going to a concert and she says, listen, give me your number. I'll call you when I get back to Versailles about midnight. So midnight comes around, no phone call. Half past midnight comes around. She calls. She says, I'll be there in 15 minutes. So she turns up. We jump in a car and we start driving up through the middle of Versailles up into this apartment. It turns out it's her parents. So she shows us through to the living room. We go through the living room. She gives us a bunch of blankets and she says, oh, you can sleep in here. Completely random. We can't believe how lucky we've been. So my pal Craney, he passes out, falls asleep. I'm lying on the floor, feeling pretty good. And then I need to go for a pee. And I go, oh, shit, I need to pee. But I can't start walking around this apartment and maybe walking into her, her brother's room or her, her parents' room. So I have an empty bottle, big bottle. It's about a litre and a half, three pints. And I decide to start peeing in the bottle. So there I am in the dark, in the living room in some random's house. And I start peeing in the bottle. Ah, oh, it feels great. Until I hear this. And anyone that's ever peed in a bottle, when you're driving a car or anywhere, all of a sudden, there's total panic. So I cut cut it off, which is really hard to do. And I look to my left, and there's a plant. So I thought, perfect. And I just start pouring the urine into the plant. I finish off the pee, pour the rest of it into the plant, fall asleep, wake up in the morning. Now, in the morning, my pal Craney's gone. He's gone to the golf course. And it's just myself, this girl, and her mother. Now, she tells her mom that we are exchange students from Ireland. So I'm sitting having breakfast with these two. After breakfast, I go from the kitchen and walk into the living room. And I look over at the plant. And to my horror, it's not a real plant. It's a plastic plant. And the pea had gone straight through the plant all around the carpet. So there's this huge wet mark around the plant. So needless to say, packed my bags and left. And we weren't back for a second night. So there we go. Stories. What do you think of that, Zab? Man, 100 episodes down. Pretty, pretty classic. I There's mean, some, some really good stories in there. There were some gems. Absolute gems. I loved it. But, but I noticed that you left yours off to, to last. Why, why was that, G? The cream always rises to the top. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was chasing everyone else, trying to get their stories, yeah. and then realized, wow, I haven't even got mine done. So uh, that, it's not the last story, though, because I'm going to play this one here. This is a guy called Colton Barnes who contacted me on Instagram and he said, I've got a great story for you. So I gave him my number and this is what he left. I'm going to speed it up a little bit, but you have to listen to the last 15 seconds. Okay, let's play it. Okay, good you. This is Colton. Just wanted to shoot you a quick call with this little story I have. I'm going to give you the short and sweet of it. Um, back in 2020, during COVID, I was playing golf. I was regular golfer at a municipal golf course in just outside Denver, Colorado. Playing golf. This guy shows up. I'm on the tee sheet. I'm on the tee box. I'm waiting for this guy. He shows up last minute. Three guys teed off, and then Sarger's like, wait a minute, dude checked in, he's coming to the box, we wait for him. Dude shows up, doesn't even have his golf spikes on, hits the tee shot, we play, we get through the round, 
guy gets behind trees, guy is all over the golf course. Bad spots, and it's 73. And I'm like, okay, this guy's a pretty damn good golfer. I go out and play a game with him. Same thing, all over the golf course, bad spots, shoots 71 under par. Play a few more times with him, he shoots in the high 60s. And I'm like, okay, cool, this guy's a pretty good golfer. So then he talks to me, and he's like, hey, I'm thinking about going and playing in a qualifier to try to get into the Phoenix Open. I say, cool, man, that sounds like a good idea. He's like, well, I played some mini tour golf down in Texas. I'd like to have a caddy with me. I prefer having a caddy with me. Awesome. He asked me if I'd be willing to do it. I'm like, okay, cool. I go down there with him. We go, we get to the airport, go into baggage claim. Bag weighs, you know, check bags, 50 pounds is the limit. Bag weighs 55 pounds. He pulls some stuff out. Great. Get it under the weight, get on the airplane, fly down there, go to the qualifier. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he's going to pull some stuff out of his bag. He's just throwing some stuff in there. So he's going to have to take it on carry on in my mind. He pulls out his golf shoes, puts them in the carry on so he can get on there and play. He takes nothing out of his golf bag except for the golf shoes. We end up looking at it. I have a 50 pound golf. You know what? I don't have the time for this story. Uh, I'm sorry, Big G. Your podcast is awesome. Sorry for wasting three minutes of your time listening to this voicemail. I don't have the time for this story. Have a good day. Okay, so I don't think you wasted three minutes of my life. Because... Oh my god, Colton! What the hell? <laughs> I mean, I was I was sitting there watching the time go by, and you you have this big build up, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, okay, something's going on with the golf bags, taking stuff out. This is gonna get juicy, and then. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time to finish the rest of this story. I don't have time for the story. <laughs> Colton, come on. We need, we need to end. So who was I bet, was it a famous golfer or something? Who, I don't know. I went about 15, 20 years ago, I went to watch the Lord of the Rings movie with my brothers. And I remember being about two hours, 20 minutes in, I looked at my watch and I went, <laughs> they can wrap this up. <laughs> this, this is going to be a really sharp ending <laughs> for the next 20 minutes. And it finished, and the boy said, what did you think of it? And I went, well, it kind of finished abruptly. Yeah, they left me kind of And hanging. they were like, what, what an idiot. There's three of them. Yeah, three oh. books, bro. And I, I know. So it's a trilogy. I, so Colton sends me a text, and it just said, listen, just, just forget oh, that no. message. And I went, oh. No. So I, I listened to it the following morning, and I'm thinking the same thing, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm thinking, he's got a lot of ground to cover here yeah, in the last. 15, 20 seconds left. I mean, what, what's going to happen? Then turns out he... Uh, you just didn't have time for it. Yeah, I mean, Colton, come on. We need the scoop. What happened? Yeah. Tell us. Yeah, please. please get get back in contact. He did say that he, sh- he should be the bell end of the week, but I, I no, I actually would give him a prize. It was pretty classic. Uh, tell me, what were your favorite stories in there, Zab? There are a lot of good ones. I liked uh, Pat's Pat's story about the uh, when his buddy whacked him in the nuts and it blew up the size of a basketball. He said that. Wow. I mean, to to show your mom who's a nurse and then have your mom go. Oh shit, that's that that's not good. And then uh having to see a urologist, you know, the the uh ever important urologist. You know, my father was actually a, a urologist. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh. had to see a urologist and I'm glad you got that sorted out, Pat. Also mm-hmm. the dude Rick, Rick from Vegas. I mean that <laughs> it sounded like the hangover movie. I yeah. mean Lunatic. He I mean, unbelievable I it's tough to believe that that's actually true, but from what you've told me, you yeah, could believe story. It knowing this guy. True yeah. story. I do I do know Rick. Uh he sells cement and and uh Los Angeles. He is married with children, so wow. he's he calls himself an adult. But uh, yes, lunatic. Some hijinks. My 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 personal favorite was definitely the opening VP from Whisper Rock. That is ab. That is legendary VP. Yeah. You're Steve. I mean, yeah. Pre- I, I, Vice President of what? The United States <laughs> of America, son. That's just unbelievable. You will forever be known as VP. I, my favorite was Tim's. The tranny and oh god, that was good too. The tranny Although, in Thailand, <laughs> you kind of have to question. That was a good one, Tim. But you kind of have to question, like the dude didn't show. Why? Why was he late the next day? I mean, he couldn't sort it out the yeah. day before and show up on time. That's that's what, what was it? We Paul said to us, 
Oh, no, we can't say that, actually. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. No, but I, I loved the way that Tim was saying, well, yeah, Thailand, they got like, like these Thai people. Yeah, he like, didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say. Lady boy. Lady boy, whatever. They look like, yeah. But I, I liked that. It was it was kind of funny. He's like, if that happened to me, no one would ever find out about that. I'm with him there. Secret. I wouldn't go go bragging about that. It's like this the the scene in Trainspotting. You ever watch Trainspotting? I have watched Trainspotting. Begby's outside the nightclub. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded me. So I hope everyone enjoyed uh, all the stories. And if this is something that you enjoy, please send us feedback because it's something that maybe in fifteen twenty episodes we could do it again, where we just accumulate a lot of good listener golf stories. Uh, so please send in your feedback. Episode 100. Congrats, G. You made it. 100. 100, 100 that's, that's an achievement. Yeah. So if we want another 100, here's another 100. The listeners can help us out. There's a, a number of things you can do, right? So if you get a pen and, uh, pen and paper, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Facebook. All of them. All of them. Just search for Glorified Donkey and you can follow, follow us subscribe whatever it is review all that good yeah. stuff when it comes to the podcast there's certain things you can do you can review it you can rate it that's it five and the best thing you can do for the podcast to continue to grow and to get another hundred episodes is to tell other people share it uh, share it with share it with people. friends family golfers whatever it may be uh, so thank you very much to all of the storytellers Thank you. Yes, there were a lot, a lot of good stories. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed putting it all together, and I know there was a lot left hanging. So it's definitely something that I think once people listen to this and they'll think, you know what, I got a decent story. Yeah, absolutely, we could definitely do another episode very soon. Episode one hundred and one will be out in two weeks' time. You don't have to wait five weeks like this one. Yeah, already, already done and already finished, done. recorded. Already done. We actually have uh, a couple your, on the on queue. Yeah, you get your father-in-law on the next one. It, will that be 101? Yeah. 101. Big, big Jim Atwell is going to make an appearance yeah. on the uh, podcast. And then 102, uh, it's already recorded as well. Perfect. So we're ahead of the game. Many thanks for listening. Uh, Zabo, thanks for your input, as Thank always. You. Thank you for your story. For the listeners out there, many thanks for listening. Send your feedback, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. But until the next time... Enjoy your golf, but more importantly, keep it humble.